noticed he was acting berserk. Granny got a call saying he was absent from work, and that was a rush. You ran through the pastor at church to ask him what was up with this disastrous curse. But that was the worst. Because this would be way better if I did it on air though. 52. Good news. We're on air. Oh crap. No, I'll keep 58. going. I'm going to put music over the top of this and we'll be fine. Right. Be great. So I'm at 58 now out of 130. Wait, how am I at less? I had 60 before. I must have mathed wrong. <laughs> math wrong. I did three I, this I, week. I played four less games than when I started. Subtract <laughs> <laughs> them? What the fuck? 35. Still at 18 for Neverborn. Where the hell is the overall? I have at, uh, six on Archivists. But I should have three more than when I did last week. So six plus 18 is 24 plus 35 is math. 25 plus 35 is 50, 60. So yeah, I messed up my math originally. I have less than 60 games. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, you know what it was is, yeah. So I had, so I'm at like 59 now or something. Mm. No, yeah. I'm up to 59. Hello, and welcome to the Mistakes Were Made podcast. My name is Rudy Schubach, and with me as always. Yeah, we're back for our two-week update. Now, uh, we didn't understand how Podbean worked. It turns out you're only allowed a certain amount of megabytes per month if you don't want to pay them all of the money. And so uh, our last episode being relatively long, this one will then have to be relatively short. So uh, that'll be what today's game plan is. We're going to be pretty uh, hopefully short-winded uh, with our things. And if not, I'll have to do some creative editing and hopefully I will not make Alan sound like some sort of idiot child uh, by editing out select words. Or you could talk faster. Or I could talk faster. That's true. Just I mean, I, always, I, I, am a t- I am a fast talker in real life. I actually try and slow down for uh, things where I want to be understood because I talk fast. And people are always like, what? So go ahead. <laughs> uh, so we're trying out just different things because, well, right now we're trying it because it's the first time we've actually had like an update. The first one obviously sort of just did it. So Yeah. So we're going to start by talking about what we've played since last time and uh, if there are any like big mistakes you made. Uh, I guess I'll start off. So I think technically I played this game before the last episode, but I we didn't talk about it and whatever. And this is my fifth game with Colette. I'd played Colette four previous games in a row, took her up to Flatlands and played against Bud on a Saturday. He plays Seamus. Bud is uh, actually works at the store up there. He's trying to get back into Malifaux, so he's probably on less than 10 games with Seamus and M2E. So, yeah, basically this game was all about Colette uh, being able to just run around and drop scheme stuffs. And one of my, I guess my biggest mistake, this was a while ago now, I didn't take excellent notes for some reason because, you know, why would I? <laughs> uh, my number one mistake, I think, in this game was on turn one, I was like, he summoned an Ashigar way up by me after killing something. And it was 
scary. I'm like, and I had Colette left, just Colette. I had, you know, some one action. So I prompted one of my performers or it might've been Cassandra to kill him, which unleashed bet when I had only my zero action saber trick left with Colette. Oh. <laughs> my activation. <laughs> uh, luckily, despite it being a huge mistake, I was like, right before I flipped, I'm like, well, if I get a red joker, then I'll be all right. <laughs> and, I flipped, and I flipped the red joker on damage on a double negative and killed bet for good right oh, there. Oh, nice. So that worked out pretty well. It was a mistake that actually led to a pretty solid choice. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, it was a terrible play, but I just you know, rewarded myself for it. By so, yeah, that worked out well in the end. I ended up winning eight to five. He took take prisoner against Colette, which uh, isn't probably the easiest thing to do. Oh, no. I had distract, uh, and I think I got three points for distract. So that was I mean, easy. if you know that he's got take prisoner on Colette, then it's like, oh, I'll just have anybody drop a scheme marker anywhere, and then I'll go ahead and, and use my one action to teleport to that and discard it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one of those ones where I sort of smoked it out by before the end of the game, sort of figured out what he was going for, just because none of the other ones made sense. Like, he had, like Distract was in the pool, which he would have had to have revealed by then to get points. So I'm like, well, he obviously doesn't have that. And he could have Bodyguard, but he would have had to announce that at the end of turn four. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one of those ones where, like, everything was either announced or by that point was fairly obvious that it was happening. Sure. So like like and I knew he had line in the sand for one of his because he was dropping steam markers in the center. Right. Which led to a really funny like turn five where it was like Tashiro is going to walk away from or no not Tashiro Joss is going to walk away from Tashiro and remove a scheme marker. <laughs> yeah. Well wait did you take any performers? Oh yeah I had some performers. Oh yeah. that's they're the best they're like the second best scheme remover in the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, they just seduction from across the board, and those schemes are gone. Yeah, yeah, but they, at that point they were like, it was just the way the turn worked out. It made sense because it was Colette being, I was using Siren's Call to get Colette out of there. Ah, uh, I got you. Uh, for a few things, because she was, it was just you know, just to get her farther away. Uh, That's one thing I don't do enough with my performers, I think, is this is the is the friendly lure. Because well, you know me, I. I love friendly lures. I do know you, and I do know you love friendly lures. <laughs> it's just something that I don't like. I don't play with bells ever, so it's not something I think about. Turn one, rotten bells walk up, and then lure someone to follow them. That's... Yeah, I mean, I, the only one that I know that I do on a regular basis is with Ironsides, where she walks forward and then uses you looking at me at on a gunsmith, and then yeah, masks into the extra one and uses you looking at me on another gunsmith. Uh, but yeah. So you want to talk about one of your games, or you want me to just go through my other? I, one? Cool. I did a game against. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about my. I'll talk about my my demo game. I did. I did a demo game with my friend. I did two games in one night. One of them was against uh, Dan Johnson's uh, Dan Johnson of Before We Begin. Um, I then immediately after played a demo game with my friend Mason, who is in town. Um, essentially, what I did was I played this game against Dan so that. Mason could see the basic mechanics of the game and also get sort of a feeling for what my crew and, and the members of my crew did. And then played basically the same crew, only I think smaller because we went to a smaller Soulstone count. 
uh, in the next game. So he had a good idea of what my crew did. So he wasn't like totally in the dark about all the things that I could do. Um, I think my mistake in that game was giving him a crew that ignored armor uh, because I was playing May and a bunch of models with armor. Uh, the other thing that sort of happened in it was uh, he he was watching and he was watching how I was using the silent ones and how good they could be. Because essentially I had a silent one and a metal game and take a beating from a teddy and then kill that teddy in my in my first game. And so he's like, I got to kill that silent one. So he put a trapper in line of sight of the silent one, won the first initiative. And the very first AP of the game, he's like, I'll shoot the silent one. I'll focus and I'll shoot the silent one. I'm at a positive twist, which is really a double positive twist. Uh, so I'm at a straight flip to damage and I'll go ahead and cheat in the red joker, uh, and do seven damage to it. And I was like, oh, well, that silent one is, uh, definitely dead. So he, he killed my silent one. He took away like six of my points in a 35 stone game in one AP on the very first turn of the game. It was so frustrating. Um, I was running, uh, Mei Fang with like two Gammon, uh, a Kang, uh, Silent One, and I think one of my large steam, uh, steam arachnids. And he was running Von Schill, a librarian, a trapper, Taylor, uh, a Corman, and a Ronin. And I sort of pushed in over to kill the trapper with Mei Fang. Essentially, uh, what I learned in that game was that Mei is more of a midfield bully and like her ability to move around, um, through triggers and, and attacks is really, really good. So it's like she can be killing one thing right away and then, you know, spend one AP killing it and then use her second two AP to charge something else. And those two AP can turn into four AP. And then that can drop a, a, a pretty decent, AOE defensive buff, and then her zero action could go like it, it was. She she's really great at doing a lot of things. She gets a lot for her her AP per turn. Um, that's always fun. that turn. Yeah, that's uh, always fun though, getting the extra AP. Yeah, 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 I love it. It reminded me of something from actually it wasn't that game. I played a henchman led game after with one of the other guys out there, Tony. Uh, when I had. I think I had Joss lead it because it was a weird one with deliver messages in the pool. And I wanted, uh, I know I'm, yeah, and I wanted Cassandra to be able to run up and deliver a message with her nimble. And you can't do it with a leader, so I had to pick her to do that. Mm. And it was, and I just like got the right hand and I was like, okay, Cassandra after delivering was like, I'm gonna make an attack and I have the trigger so I get to do a free understudy. So I'm gonna steal the performer's understudy and lure you or sirens call you and i have the trigger so i get a free ap melee attack one ap attack (laughs) yeah yeah that was disgusting and then you could declare triggers on that too so if i had another suit i could have just kept going no you can only take understudy the understudy action once per turn oh right that's true yeah so i couldn't keep going but yeah, getting the free understudy to get another free attack and the sirens call too is just this is that's really sick. Cool. See, what I love to do with that is you you hit him with the you hit him with the sword, you take the understudy trigger, you steal um, freeze off of the silent ones card, which can be cast in melee. Uh, yeah. You cheat in a book or you burn a stone for the book, so you get to cast that twice, uh, mm-hmm. and. 
and on the second attack you hit and you use the mask trigger and push away. So it's like I'll nimble in, I'll attack you four times, and then I'll push back out. Yeah, or, or even better, I'll charge you, I'll attack you four times, I'll get pushed out, and then I'll nimble away from out of line of sight. Yeah, just silliness. Oh, so pretty. I love Cassandra. Cassandra goes in so many of my lists right now. Yeah, like that list, like the list that I'm working up for my uh, for my uh, Cheated Fates Radio Uber list uh, has a Cassandra right. because she's so tough. For those that don't know, uh, he's talking about the Cheated Rates contest they're doing at their last podcast. They talked about it, and I'm sure it's got some details on Twitter. I make no illusion. You're listening to this podcast. You probably also listen to Cheated Fates, so you probably heard about us from Joe on Cheated Fates. So yeah, Thanks, we, got some, we got some really good shout outs. <laughs> I can't believe that. See, if, if I had my way, you wouldn't be calling it pulling it a Rudy when you cheat a low card to make them have to cheat. I would call it. You have to make them want it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I say every time I do that. I'm like, oh, you're at a you're at an eleven. I'm at an eight. All right, I'll go to a 12. you got to make them want it. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that was definitely a common occurrence in back when we used to play games at your house. Yep. I still do it. Dan Dan gets that all the time now. Yeah. Um, so then moving on, I guess, because we have limited time. I'm sure. going to talk about my sixth game with Colette at uh, Flatlands as well. Yeah, this one was on a Wednesday night. This was actually the epic Wednesday night where we had 19 players with no pre-planned event at all. Like, I showed up at a little before 6, and there was already eight people there and a couple of games going on. And some of my some of our guys, uh, some of my buddies I've played with that live pretty far away actually came up that day, so I got to play against Alex. I don't remember his last name, but, you know. Long hair? No, no. Uh, Alex from Our House Games down in Monroe. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was up for the day, which was awesome. Oh, Alex, Ten Thunders, Alex. Yeah, yeah, he plays Ten Thunders. Uh, I played him a couple times. Once in a tournament, it was my very first tournament game where he showed me Jacob Lynch and how he could kill Seamus in one turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same list on the next round, and it was definitely rough, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so Alex uh, brought Ten Thunders. It's his, pretty much his his favorite faction. And uh, he was playing Mizaki versus me. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting because I'm looking to play her down the road, so I like, got to talk to him about it a little bit. Uh, his Research. list... Yeah, yeah, his list was... Using some of the new upgrades, so he used the Blot the Sky, had Fuhatsu with two Ten Thunder Archers, a Samurai. So basically, like, that was his gun line unit with Fuhatsu had Blot the Sky, and then Fuhatsu also had the zero-cost Oiren upgrade, which I can't remember what it's called, which is really good to use that. I don't know. I'd have to look up my book. And then uh, he also had Mizaki, the Oiren... Obviously, he has the upgrade and uh, a Torakage. Torakage is the one that's the basic ninja unit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the one that comes out. Them and Yamaziko confused. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> They're very different. They are, but I don't know. 
I don't know why I'm looking in this book because oh no, it would be in this book because it's a new upgrade. Uh, but yeah, he was playing that list and basically taking advantage of a lot of ranged. I brought, like I said, brought Colette again. My list was Cassandra. I had Colette with uh, the up my sleeve, which is the one that lets her swap out soul stones for cards or cards for soul stones, yeah. and then Shell Social Game, which yeah, Shell Game, which is the uh, surge trigger, which is my favorite Colette upgrade. I am starting to fall for it after you showed it to me. Yeah, and then Cassandra had Smoke and Mirrors, Joss had Imdude Energies, Howard had with Imdude in <laughs> with uh, that that upgrade. Perf- yeah, a, performer, a performer and a gunsmith. So it was a very killy small list, sort of uh, trying to keep it elite. We should probably, like, I should probably take notes of like what my strats and schemes were. I'm realizing yeah, that's, that's what I was doing today. I was <laughs> what the yeah, I didn't think about it at the time. Ooh. Way better. But yeah, it was um, obviously um, Reckoning was the uh, oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, kill stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think I'm trying to, I can't remember the schemes at all. I know that uh, Breakthrough was one of mine and uh, that's the only one I can remember really because I remember Cassandra was trying to get Breakthrough in the last turn or the last two turns. But yeah, basically the the game was him killing all my stuff with Mizaki and all of her shooty shooty types. So <laughs> because I feel like so often, at least back in the old edition, with like Illuminated and Torakage and all that, that the Ten Thunders were really more of a melee group. But once Ten Thunders archers got good and uh, Katsunaka snipers came out, it's like, oh no, we can shoot like. Hey, there's the one. <laughs> right? Katanaka Snipers? What? No, there's our, there's our one F-bomb for the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, think I've, I think I've dropped an F-bomb earlier in here. So maybe I need... Oh, no. So, yeah. Basically, it was a really odd game. It came... It was, like, so silly. On turn one, I realized that Fuhatsu had to die because getting the, all the bonus attacks with the Ten Thunder Archers and his ability to give out the uh, fast and focused one with the zero-cost uh, upgrade for the Oiren, like, that those were just going to, like, put me so far behind. So on turn one, I moved Joss up a bunch and got some... I think I ended up not being arranged to charge... And so I used his, uh, actually used his uh, ranged attack, which is something I don't usually do with Joss. Dark Blast or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Which is alright, but, uh, and then I was hoping, actually, I kind of was hoping that if I did take some fire, that I'd get dropped down to get reactivate, reactivate, and I could discard, uh, energies and charge Fuatsu and just kill him at the end of turn one. Rock his world. It would have been. It would have been a good trade. It would have been good because then they wouldn't have got his free shots with the ten thunder archers. But it did not work out. I ended up with Joss on low wounds starting turn two. One initiative got to kill Fuatsu with Joss and then got killed right back. <laughs> it, I still it didn't even get the reactivate him. So. Trade. Like, Actually, I think he might have taken him down to zero. He might have activated first and got him down to his hard to kill, and then I went and 
I think he, yeah, he went after him with the 10 Thunder Archers on the first and didn't manage to kill him. So I didn't get to reactivate. I just got to activate and kill Fuatsu. You know what I found out recently? No. Models, models that have reactivate um, and um, companion or accomplice yeah. can reactivate them, can take two turns back to back. That's fun. It used to be that you have to have, not only could you not activate them back to back with accomplice or anything, but you couldn't activate them back to back in 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 kind of sequential turns. Like you'd have to let something else. Yeah, that's how. I, well, that's how the, like the ceaseless advance activators. I think you have to have a friendly model. So that's how I was, that was my main source of reactivates was that. So I never really true, but you can reactivate before that model takes its turn. So potentially. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And then, uh, yeah, so basically at the end of turn two, it was pretty rough. And he got off uh, a silly thing with the performer where he got his performer to come in, tie up Howard, use the trigger that you can't target. His Oiran? His, his, his Oiran, and you can't target performers. So Howard couldn't hit her and was tied up by her. That's cool. And then managed to get him down to zero wounds or one wound and, and poison one. Which so is the main it, reason I want to drop an iron into my collect crew. Oh yeah. It's a good good a good model in general. Especially well, you can't use the, the upgrade, but that upgrade is really powerful with them. Uh and then yeah so Howard died without using his energies. I drew four cards at the end of my turn and they were all not they were all like not cards you want to discard, but not cards you want in your hand. <laughs> like it was like sevens, eights, and nines. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. So I'm like, so I'm like uh, I guess I'll. But with the collect crew, you can use the sevens, eights, and nines to do props over and over again. Yeah, yeah, but it was just it was kind of disappointing that I didn't get to actually murder stuff with Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mizaki came around the back and proceeded to kill more stuff. And Cassandra was doing good. She came up and killed some archers and then sort of ran up to try and do breakthrough, but it was a little late to really get points for that. Just she got sort of slowed up by the samurai and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I basically ended the game with Colette was my only model on the table. And I think like about 90, 9% of that was that it was take prisoner on Colette. So. Had <laughs> he wanted to kill her, he could have? Well, he might not have been able to, but it would have been, he, he would have had the chance to. I don't to. know, at that point, like, her, her tricks are always about scheme markers and... Well, yeah, I mean, the way I, models. I guess I might have over, I might have exaggerated, but like, he, he killed everything, but it was like, at that last turn. Mm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, there was nothing left, it was like, you know, slowly getting stuff down to low and low wounds and killed a couple things the last turn. And then, uh, and obviously I had a real small crew to begin with, so. But yeah, she was still in pretty good health. She might have been able to make it, make it happen. She actually, actually got really silly for a little bit because I had take, actually that was my other one. I took an, take an assassinate against Mizaki, assuming that, you know, Joss or Howard might be able to do some work. Yeah. For like, her, her big thing is to go for a, a relatively hasty assassinate run relatively early, right? Yeah, yeah, I was assuming, well, I wasn't, I wasn't assuming he'd take assassinate against Colette, but he was, uh, 
able to kill those guys before they could do anything. So Colette at the, like the last two turns just ended up like saber tricking against Nozaki and like trying to hit her with her cane. And it was just, like, it was just silly. It was like, because she was obviously had the soul, less soul stones. So she got the uh, positives to defense flips and just got, got a little silly, but it was a very fun game. Got me really interested in Mizaki a lot. Mm. Although Alex was recommending, he said that he he kind of liked her in Outcast as well. But mm. we'll talk more about that later. You want to talk about your other game? Sure. I had a game with uh, Dan before we begin, Johnson. Uh, this one was uh, one where my biggest mistakes that I made were all about uh, scheme choice. I made some serious poor choices scheme-wise. I feel like I don't have a really good handle on, on Pandora as a master. I just, I think I've seen her on the table maybe three times. One of them was during a doubles competition. Uh, and I just have no idea. Like, I understand how she's supposed to work. I know that she's like a willpower duel. She's got a lot of sort of slant ways, mobility, but, um, but I was coming in with a relatively killing crew who could, who could focus and do blast damage and things like that. So I was hoping maybe I could, do enough damage to pull off an assassinate on her. Uh, and then my other one was a um, frame for murder on a metal gammon. Uh, my crew was, I took a couple of uh, large arachnids, a couple of um, silent ones, and a couple of metal gammon, and then a king and a masaki. The hope was that the metal gammon uh, are buffing the silent ones so that they're at defense six, and they also still have statues. That gives them a higher chance of blocking the first attack and still getting to proc statues, so they take one damage every time they were hit. Um, and that is basically exactly how it happened, except that the person who was doing the first murder run on the two that... It was almost a perfect setup. Teddy was coming in, he was looking right at the metal gammon that I had frame for murder on, and then he tried to use, uh, he was like, all right, I'm going to use gobble up. Who over there has a lower willpower? And I was like, well, the silent one and the, and the metal gammon have the same willpower. It's like, okay, well, I'll go for the silent one. I was like, no. Did you, did you say that out loud? No, I did not say no out loud. Cause it might have been a tip off. So he, uh, he didn't get that off, so he ended up having to just charge. Uh, he didn't get his second, he didn't get his, his four attacks per turn, Teddy. Um, and, uh, he took the silent one down to all but one wound, so it, it, he really did lace into her. Uh, and then she activated, she healed herself, she hit him with a couple, like, I think three attacks. Uh, one of them, she got to filling the cracks trigger, so she healed a little more. Uh, and then the metal game and took over, headbutted the guy a couple of times. Teddy's defense is terrible. So it's like Teddy's defense of three versus metal Gaiman's, uh, melee of four. The metal game is coming out on top for like the first time ever. Uh, drops a couple burning on him because it was the, he was dealing damage within range of the, um, protection of the metal target. And the two of them together killed Teddy in one turn. Nice. So, Except you know, didn't awesome. kill him. I really wish that he would have killed the Metal Game Man first. Yeah. Uh, so then I spent the rest of the game trying to push the Metal Game Man up far enough to be in line of sight for attack. So I think I got one point because Kay, uh, Baby Cade came over and stabbed the Metal Game Man, and I was like, I let it happen. 
and then he died. And it's like, all right, I'll get one point for that. Yay. Yeah. Um, and then I, I had a pretty decent assassinate attempt. I got Kang and, and May in range. And then she just started, like, passing out insight to things. And every time she won a willpower duel, she got to push. And so she just took Pandora and pushed all the way back to her backfield just from, like, defensive and offensive triggers. And then she was gone. Yeah. And I was like, now I hope to be able to maybe get a turn six so I could push a silent one into range and attack. But it was it was way too late. He he smelled my assassinate run coming and, and just ghosted. Yeah. Uh, I think I ended up losing four to seven. Uh, I got three points for strategy. He got three for strategy. He had I think he had bodyguard on Eddie or something. I don't know. I don't remember what his other one was. He also doesn't remember what his other one was, but he had assassinate on Mayfang and, and he got it. Um, I had assassinate on Pandora and definitely did not get it. So yeah, I think I think I had one more strategy point than him. I think he was like I got three on strategy, one on schemes. I think he's got two on strategy, two on one or two on one scheme and three on the other. I think is how it went down. But. Uh, it was a it was a fun game, and I learned quite a bit from it. Um, I brought a couple of large arachnids because I figured they would be pretty tanky jump points for me to be able to rail walk to. But um, one of them ended up too close to a uh, candy, and spent the entire game paralyzed. Yeah. But it was fine because he was still like a central point for her to jump to if she needed to jump. Uh, and the gammon and middle game, uh, the gammon and silent one combos really did do a lot of work. It was pretty good. It was uh, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But what else did I tactical? Yeah. Yep. That was it. That was it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, May's looking like fun. The more I look at her, real solid. I like her a lot. Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff that goes with her already, so it makes it also fun idea. Um, oh, one thing I, I this is this is a revelation I had on that day when I played against Alex and there was 19 other people because there was two other people playing Colette that day mm-hmm. at the store, and then we finished our game pretty early because we were killing a lot of stuff and had very low model counts left, and we had started fairly early, so I wandered around a little bit and. I realized that there's a scheme that I kind of discount a lot just from playing the Masters I've already played. Like, I never really considered it. I'm not going to lie. It's just one of those ones where I just, it's in there and I don't think about it. And that's, and it's always in there, which is why it's stupid because it's lying in the sand. <laughs> She'd be good at it. Yeah, I just, like, played six games with her and just never thought, like, hmm. Well, the problem with lying in the sand is that, like, <laughs> And there, there are a few masters who can do it. And yeah. they're like Kaladi, uh, Colette. Kaladi just because he has the model count. Colette yeah. because he's got the scheme marker generation. Shen Long can do it. Um, and there are a couple more. McMorning can do it. Uh, C. Hoffman maybe can do it if he's yeah. got watchers and they're dedicated to it. Um, but, but I just. For the most part, like. There's going to be something else that seems just a little tastier, you know, something that's... Yeah, yeah. And but, my, my other problem is I love schemes that you can lock up. You know, I like a yeah. scheme that I can say, 
uh, plant explosives. I put the explosives down. I declare plant explosives. Done and done. I have two victory points. I have three victory points. Whatever I end up getting, it's going to take that away from me. I think it's more like even when there's a pool where there aren't things like that, I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't consider. I was like not considering it. I would just be like, okay, so there's these four schemes, and I don't like, and I only like one of them. And there's like this other one that's with this master isn't that difficult, you know. And I was talking to one of the guys who was playing, and he's like, "Yeah, I pretty much, I pretty much take it all the time, ninety percent of the time." I'm like, and looking at his board, I'm like, "I, I could see that. Yeah, being good, I should." Probably well, yeah, I mean, not only that, but you, <laughs> you, you can use what you're doing as just throwing them out as. Yeah, points. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's fantastic. Who cares? Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna consider that when I get back to Colette. That's a cool choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about our third game of the week? Your third game? Our third game? No, I played another game before that. Oh, yeah, go ahead then, I guess. Because there was another Wednesday before there where I went out to Flatlands. So that was the week after that. And did not have 19 players, unfortunately. But, you know, still a good turnout. This time I played against uh, John, who's uh, been out there for a couple tournaments. This is... John from Down River and studies at Wayne State. And he played in a tournament there a couple months ago. Actually, me and him met on table one in the last round. Nice. Proceeded to tie. He won on differential. Uh, he plays Arcanists and Neverborn, but I've only played him as Arcanists. And he's always a lot of fun to play against, so I was glad I got to see him. And he was playing the Arcanist, which was nice. And at this point in time, after the week before drubbing with Mizaki and just sort of going back and looking at some stuff, I was changed my tone about the Ten Thunders a bit and decided I'd bring them for a change of pace. Part of that's because I only have four games with what left with Colette, and I'm kind of hoping I might get to try her in a tournament setting. <laughs> you know, if Joe, if Joe runs a tournament in the next couple months, so I'll bring her out for that. If you are in a tournament and you want to play a Colette, you probably should. You just don't get to count it towards your totals. Like, you shouldn't. Yeah, I'm just going to wait and use those last four. Like, if it's a three-round tournament, I'll get four games with her, or three games with her, and then I'll have one more that I'll do before. Somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So, Or I might bring in Karis for a little bit. i got to get to her a little bit before I am willing to play her in a tournament because I've never played her before. She's real good. Yeah. Yeah, I I found out in this game. I mean, she she seemed really good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I decided to go to Ten Thunders for that one, uh, and uh, because I'm uh, afraid, I I played Jan Lo, who I've played before as Ten Thunders, rather than just going completely for Mizaki with all a bunch of models I've never played. So I brought in a few things that I can bring in Ten Thunders that I had. That I hadn't played before and figured I'd get a little bit of handle on the faction a little bit before I jump off the diving board there. So I had the Yanlo. Um, this one we were playing, it was. What was it? What was it? It's Yanlo, I'm guessing either Reconnoiter or Turfwork? You know, I, I, I really can't remember. It didn't actually matter too much. It was not turf war. I'm pretty sure it was reconnoiter. It must have been reconnoiter. Uh, anyway, so uh, 
yeah, we went up, we went with reconnoiter. I can't, honestly, it might not have been that, but the game was very one-sided, actually, so it didn't really matter. What happened was I found out how good Yin is with Qi, because Yin's not a model that can get Qi on her own. She basically, so like Yan Lo can get Qi on his own, so he starts at cast five on all his spells. Shiaki can get Qi, so she starts lower on all her spells. Yin doesn't, can't, so she starts at six. And if you can get three Qi on Yin, all of her spells are cast nine, and Yin's spells are very good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Rudy learned that also. Um, <laughs> you didn't even have Qi on her, and you still just... No, I, I didn't, yeah, no, so at cast nine, I was able to basically make it so Kyrus couldn't walk or charge a turn. I was able to kill a mechanical rider with some help. I was able to kill Joss with some help. Lightning dancing all over the place to, like... That was one of my main things was I didn't want that rider to be able to get to turn three or four. So I managed to pull him in with lightning dance to Tashiro and Yin and the Soul Porter and the Oiren were all ganged up on him and beat him up and beat him to death pretty quick. Uh, Tashiro actually was pretty ham-fisted this game, but did all right uh, for me. and took a lot of wounds to take down and then got resummoned, so that was great. And then... Uh, yeah, by that point, Joss came in with flying charge from Kyrus, and really it came down to Yin being able to stop Kyrus for a turn with that, uh, locking her down, not letting her walk or charge, and then just killing Joss. And that by that point, it was like two gunsmiths left on his side. I, I had a trapper also who was over with, uh, Shiaki and Tannen, who was my other model I brought in, sort of as an odd one that I, Really, I brought him in because he costs six and he's an enforcer, and I thought I could probably get away with putting bodyguard on him, and that worked pretty perfectly. He, oh my god, he's real. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to kill him, he goes down. But if yeah, you, don't, yeah, but I never really did anything productive with him. Like, he just sort of popped up and made a few attacks, but never really stuck his head out. And over there, Shiaki and the trapper were like doing a lot of work. Uh, this is the guild. Actually, it's not the trapper. It's the guild pathfinder. I don't know why I said. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we're doing a lot of work, just you know, tying up those two gunsmiths, and obviously with the mechanical rider and Joss being like tied up with a bunch of stuff and getting beat on. The focus wasn't on going over there, so some gunsmiths sort of tried to swing over there and help him out, help them out. But it really just got kind of silly. Uh, the soul porter has a melee six attack. It lets you get Chi on models, which is how I got most of the Chi on Yin. And the Soul Porter actually, like, if he can get into range where he can charge and before he dies, he's going to get you some, a lot of help in that sort of setup. With a three-inch melee range, too, which is just Jeez. silly. Yeah, it <laughs> is. A giant spear. And that was a lot of fun. It ended up being a nine to five win. I think I only got points for something. Or I might have lost one on, might not have got four on strategy. But I don't remember. And then, uh... Strategy happened to be... Yeah, bodyguard, he had bodyguard on mech rider, so basically when I killed the mech rider, it was pretty much sealed up, so... That was game four with Yanlo.
And then game five with Jan Lowe was just the other night against Rudy. Versus uh, me with my game two for Sonya Creed. Uh, we flipped strats and schemes. I think we got, what, uh, Reconnoiter. Yep, it was Reconnoiter. And there was, I think I did Bodyguard. And uh, yeah, Trap. Because you had Bodyguard on your handler. Yeah, Bodyguard on the Ritzling handler and Spring the Trap. And I had Spring the Trap and something else. It was probably good. Uh, it wasn't out flank. Oh, I had Distract. It was Distract, that's right. Yeah, because I messed that up. Well, I didn't mess it up, but I didn't get full points for it, which was unfortunate. But uh, we played on Vassal, obviously, you know. No, I flew out to Detroit. It's fine. No, uh, it's for the day. <laughs> we played on Vassal. Uh, it was uh, going into it, I, I was looking to play uh, once we flipped strats and schemes. I was looking to play a relatively hard um, Sonya list because I wanted to I wanted to get try and get a feel for her competitively. And right after I got done picking my list, going, oh, this is going to be kind of ugly, I was like, I'm just picking a list that's going to teach me Vassal. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, it ended up not mattering too much, because I, my, I think my biggest mistake in this game was probably um, placement. Like, I, I misread the Witchling Handlers, burn them, burn them all. And thought to myself, oh, I'm just going to put the Witchling Handler and a couple of Ostringers back behind a wall and just start sending, you know, burning oil to everybody. It's going to be awesome. And then the first time I cast it, I read it all the way through to Alan and was like, uh, sets them on fire so long as they're within 10 inches and line of uh, shit. Um, yeah. So I then had to re uh, I had to reposition a bunch of them, and my uh, Sonia got left out in the hold without a lot of support. There wasn't any fire going out in the first couple rounds. I ended up using a lot of resources just sort of keeping her alive. Um, but he also ended up having to commit a lot of resources to making her dead. So I think maybe it, that's probably one of those. Um, uh, reward from ruin kind of things where it's like, I totally forked up that decision, but at the same time it caused him to make some decisions which let me recover. Yeah. I think a lot of my problems with it were just getting, getting used to the movement and stuff on Vassal and like figuring out the sizes. Cause I would kept moving stuff and it would just be like, I'm going to move this here and it's going to be way too far away to even consider charging or, I'm going to move this here and it's going to be like the wrong direction. <laughs> I got to move it back. And I was just sort of like moving models at some points during the game. Yeah. I, I remember, few good ideas, but I remember when you were playing with my, the, um, with the pathfinder, it's like, all right, the pathfinder is, I guess, going to move down. Uh, oh, it's not really good. I mean, I guess I'll try and summon a trap. That'll fail. Uh, that was a lot of it. All right. I'll move her back up. Well, because I thought <laughs> I was, my main problem with that was I was, like, anticipating the lone marshal doing more work against Yin. So I was like, I need to move the trapper up there. But I also didn't want to lose a model for reconnoiter purposes. And how, and you know, put going to that center. Because the center room, 
the, the center room was like there was no way to get through the center without like losing a turn of reconnoiter points. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Was, and you had Ostringer, so they were all like, well, we can stand way farther away than you can. And my guy had to sort of like, I have a 12 inch range. <laughs> and eventually he did some work and stayed alive and gave me reconnoiter points. So mm. the worst yeah. things in the world. I mean, it was definitely then, uh, at the end of it all. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so on my list, just to go through, basically, I, I, you know, I didn't pick like randomly, but I just had the basic, basic Yan Low build with Toshiro, Shiaki, Yin, uh, the Trapper, or not the Trapper, the uh, I keep saying that, the Pathfinder, and the Soul Porter. We played 40 Soul Stones, so it was a little smaller. Yeah. And uh, but probably for the best. You know what it is? I'm reading your game where you had played against a Trapper, and I'm like. Keep that's what I keep saying. I'm just gonna scroll away from there. Scroll right past. <laughs> uh, yes, that was uh, that game. Uh, I took Spring the Trap on the, that. The, I'll tell them about. I guess turn one. I think it was turn one. You moved your Witchling uh, out in the open. Turn two. Oh no! Yeah, I moved my shit down turn one. Down turn one because I was I was moving people up with Pistol Porter. Yanlo got line of sight on a Witchling. And cast uh, his spirit barrage, and I was like, "Ooh, I could get, I could if I can get severe, I can get, you know, a chi, and that'll be good." And I ended up getting enough so I was on a straight flip and cheated in the red joker to kill the witchling, which then blew up and hurt Sonia, which was awesome. That was apparently my uh, fate for the week because it also happened in my game with um, uh, with Mason. Yeah, so. it was definitely. A nice shot, but then Tashira was out of position, and I was like, oh, right, I need to spring the trap on Sonya. And it's just sort of turn two was like, I already did a bunch of damage to Sonya, and I don't want her to be alive because, you know, leaving Sonya alive is usually not a good idea if you can avoid it. <laughs> uh, and then it was like, maybe I can drop some schemes and lightning dance her over to Tashiro and Shiaki. That was my that was my plan, but then it's also your willpower was better than my cast by a lot, and yeah. I couldn't. Get, I, it wasn't like I had. The only thing she's got going for her defensively is is the um, is more yeah. power and to her ability to explode if you get close to her. Yeah, so she was uh, a little scary, and that never really manifested. So I got one point for spring the trap to Rudy's two because I had more models at that point. So he got the little bonus, which was I, unfortunate. I used an offering to push Sonia towards a uh, towards Yanlo and draw and take an interact action. So we both got our spring to trap on the same turn. And I just I was I saw that I was uh, modeled down and I was like, now is my turn. Now is my chance. If I can lock up two points for this, I'll I'll be happy with that scheme strategy. Yeah. And I also yeah. wanted to kill Yanlo because I didn't want him getting you know, if you kill him early, he doesn't get a chance to ascend as much, and therefore... Yeah, I had actually already had the, the impossible to wound by then, so... And I wasn't planning on going uh, for his humpo assault, so... Really, it was just if I got the Incapora, actually, which would have been really good in that map, because there was a lot of walls. And it was really good for Shiaki, because she could move around a lot, being Incaporeo. But I didn't get there. I was just sort of committing... 
my resources to killing yourself. Oh, that was my definitely my biggest mistake was I haven't played Yon Lo in about nine months, I think. I played him at Adepticon one game, and before then I hadn't played him in a while. So I, I, in both these games, I never looked at the focus chi ability, and that's, you know, a really good ability for him. It lets him discard a card. To guarantee chi every turn. And it was like, so instead of being cast five, I could have been at cast six or seven or eight, you know, for a lot of that stuff, which would have made it a little less resource intensive for me to kill Sonya. <laughs> Mainly. And then, uh, yeah, so I killed Sonya, and then your Ostringers and Witchlings all ganged up on Yanlo and killed him back. Oh, no, I think I killed Yanlo early because I turned him into a Witchling. Mm, yeah... Yeah, I turned Yanlo into a Witchling, and then you killed, and then you used, I think... Toshiro, I think. Or Toshi? Yeah, it might have been Toshiro. I think it was both of them casting, or... Yeah, I think Shaki weakened her from a distance some more, and then Toshiro walked up and hit her with his katana, because he couldn't charge, so he had to, like, walk up, and... She only had the one run after And then you used next target to push out. (laughs) Right, so I wouldn't... So that I could hide behind cover. Yeah. Oh, wait. (laughs) Ostringers. It was actually, I got closer to a corpse marker so I could summon Ashigaru with that next target. Uh, Ashigaru works out pretty okay. Yeah, he got... Uh, At least one victory point for, um, what, distract? Yeah, he, he distracted some stuff. Uh, at, the, at the same time, on the top end of the board, I had Yin, who was the star of the game, basically went up to the lone marshal. Just locking him down. Put him on negative willpower duels, and then said, "I'm terrifying, and you're distracted." <laughs> and then proceeded to do, you know, not a lot of damage to him because I kind of wanted him alive and distracted, but just kept doing that, making it so he had to do a terrifying check. And I don't think he passed it ever on the negative. Nope. He looked like at two sixes. And it was like, oh, I need to set up. So close. I was like, yeah, oh, that'll do, oh, that won't do it. God yep. damn it. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> and then the Pathfinder sort of paced up and down in the backfield. The Soul Porter killed the Witchling with his three-inch range melee attack, I think. <laughs> that was a fun one because I got to use the trigger and give Shaki another chi. So... Yeah, no, it was a fun game. Rudy ended up winning by actually by that one spring the trap point. If I remember yep. correctly. It would have been a tie. Yeah. And uh yeah, we played it was my very first Vassal game and I enjoyed it quite a bit, so it was a lot of fun, yeah. I mean really trying some more games in on Vassal, I think. Up, you know, especially considering it was your first game, it ended up going really quickly. Yeah, we were at under two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. We did play smaller level. And I had, uh, like, opened it up and played around with it a little bit before. I think I watched, like, a YouTube video on how to, like, do it. Somebody made a few months back. Maybe Up to Mars, or not Up to Mars, uh, uh, Voices from Mars did one, I think. Yeah, I, I yeah. just saw one, and I don't remember who did it. It was on a weird place. Someone posted it, and, yeah. It was yeah. Mars, probably. Okay, yeah. I'm, um, the other one uh, that it's out there, uh, I know the guy who who's Mythic Fox on the forums does a bunch of them, and he plays Karis. So if you want to get a primer on Karis and also Vassal, oh, yeah, I, I think I read his uh, blog post on her. Yeah, he's solid. A while back when I was sort of doing thinking about stuff. So what's yeah. next, do you think? 
for me. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. We'll do this first. What What do you think you're going to do next for for to continue on the path of of completing what you have? Um, right now, I think I'm just going to stick with Jan Lowe for at least another game or two. I might I might try going back to Rezzers with him and sort of doing some stuff there. And that might be my next path, and then moving from him into like some of my classic Rezzers masters that still need a few more games like Nikodem. Mm. But I still need to find that binder with all of my Rezzer cards in it, so <laughs> that's going to determine that a lot. <laughs> if not, I might try and do some games with Curious in anticipation of doing it tournament as arcanists right be a fun no uh but i'm still i might do a game with mizaki but i I think i'm i think right now i'm like i know for a fact i'm not going to be able to get enough games in so that i can get a crew at the black friday set like i wanted to so i'm like uh because i'm just going to be busy at work for the next couple weeks right and not be able to play as much and then it's like uh i guess maybe instead i'll just not worry about that and not buy anything, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for holding true. Sticking to it. For no. the holiday thing? No, I got to do that still. I think I have like a day left to do it. I should probably oh, do that. Get on that, yeah. Um, uh, my choice is probably to continue along the path that I am and just finish out the Arcanists. Uh, I'm, what, seven games away? I've got three... I've got one to do with Ramos, two to do with Rest, two to do with Karis, and three to do with Mayfang. That's eight games. If I have another week, I missed uh, Beer Lafo this week because it was during a, a, a designer run, so I couldn't actually go to Beer Lafo and get that. Would have been another three games under my belt. Bang, bang, bang. Um, but uh, I feel like I'm relatively. It's like I can play eight games and finish the Arcanists, or I could play. Uh, let's see, two, seven, eight, nine, ten games to finish up my outcasts. Or I could play just an idiotic number of games to finish up my guild, 14 games to finish guild. Um, hey, at this point, if we're gonna, if I was going to do the five games, I just have to play one game with Nikodem and I'd have all my resers to five games. But the, how, all of your factions to five games? No, just all of my resers first. Oh. I'd still need to play a bunch of other games <laughs> to get all my factions. I got I got a lot of games to play, but next week I should be finding some time off. So if uh, if you're free, do you want to play some games at the night in the night times? Yeah, I, I definitely would be up for that. I'm just going to talk to some other people, maybe post on Twitter and see if anybody else wanted to set up a game on Vassal. Yeah, yeah, maybe I can get Dan to do our game from our before we begin. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to and finish those guys out. Yeah, my before we begin game was that one of the masters that I've already got five games played with. Actually, it's one of the masters that I have ten games played with, so I wouldn't get anything from it. All right, second question. Yeah. If everything was out right now and you could choose one crew to get into, what would it be? Everything is out right now? Yeah, everything's out. There's What's your answer while I meditate on it? I okay. There was a there was a question on the forums the other day about um, 
And it's basically a logic puzzle, which, which was colored with preference. And the question is, how do you get nine masters over four factions with three masters per faction? So it's like finding the dual faction masters that you like, slotting them into a couple of factions, and then sort of filling in the, the, the slots around it. Um, I love Kaladi. I love Lilith. Um, I didn't really have much love for any of the other Neverborn. Uh, I also really like Mei Fang. Uh, and I'm interested in Brewmaster, but like in, in most of the combinations, 10 Thunders were in there because they've got the most sort of dual faction yeah. lists, right? There are a couple of like three masters and 10 Thunders who are all in other factions. So. No, there's six. There's so I'm six saying masters. three, if you have three 10 Thunders masters and you're nine. Yeah. I mean, you can do that with people, but you're, you're locked into Lucas, Lucius, and McMorning. You know, you can do yeah. that with, uh, who's the other one? Neverborn. But you're locked in with Lynch and Lucius and Zoraida. Yeah, yeah. Or Erasers are the same way where they have yeah. the three. Um, but one, I, I played against a guy in Beer Lafoe named Ken. Uh, I don't remember your last name, Ken, but he's, he's from Detroit. He's now from out here. Interesting story. I don't know all of the details, but, uh, he and I played a game and he played as Jacob Lynch and it was the first time I saw a person playing Jacob Lynch in a way that made me also want to play them. It didn't feel totally filthy. It didn't feel one trick. It felt fluid and dynamic. It was really quite interesting. Um, and I've been hearing a lot about how good Illuminated are and, uh, and sort of looking into this idea of Ten Thunders sometimes and also being able to play him as a Neverborn is easy because I've got a lot of the Neverborn models he would want to, to bring to the table. Like, Young Neff and uh, Stitch Together. Stitch Together is being sort of biggest one. Uh, he's, so he'd be really easy to get into. All I would need is the box set. But I'm keeping myself from going down that path because we're on a show and we've got a goal. And I'm trying to stick <laughs> to that goal. I found out the problem with being on a show is that the guys I at a few of the guys that play at Flatlands listen to, it. obviously Joe does and uh, Mark is listening to it too so it's like I'm looking at the shelf with all the boxes and I just like sort of pick one up and look at it and they're like they both look at me like mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like damn it <laughs> yeah and so it's like luckily like you said the question was any box that's not out I could get yeah like, yeah see the thing is I'm having a lot of fun actually playing Masters that I've never played or haven't played a lot. Like I've been enjoying this a lot. Yeah. And it's and it's really good because before I really started doing this, I was like always just looking for the new master that I would enjoy. And this way I'm like going back to stuff and like, oh hey, this is actually a lot of fun. Like I used to complain about Yanlo a lot, just not not that I didn't think he was good or anything, but just that I didn't like playing him. I didn't really enjoy it. But after going away from him for a bit and trying some non-Rezzer stuff, like that you can't summon anything, you come back and you're like, oh, his summons, you know, all right. It's, you know, but so it's limited, which is fine, but it's still really good. I was just comparing him to people like Molly and Nikodem who can 
Send them whatever the hell they want, whenever the hell they want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so it's a little bit less uh, restrictive. But no, I've been enjoying a lot. But if I had to pick one, like if somebody was going to send me it in the mail for Christmas, it would be probably Leviticus. It's a good choice. It's one of those ones where I, I like, it, I like his fluff, and the box looks real pretty. And I got a lot of models I can use with him. The, I guess number two might be, oh, yeah, there's a lot on there hmm, that aren't out at all. Yeah, actually, I don't think there's a number two. I think it's Leviticus. <laughs> Iron Ironsides might be on there, but I haven't really looked at her enough to really say I want to get her. Oh, I I like her a lot, but I've already I I still feel like I've already got yeah, her. Yeah, already even made her. So, like, yeah, I hear you. My question is, when that box comes out, since I'm already playing her, I'm already committed to playing her. Do I get to buy her box? Yeah, I was. I, that was one of my things from the start. Was like, because I know when Molly comes out, I'm gonna buy her plastic box. Yeah. Like I, I don't. If I already own them, like I know because I posted on Twitter shortly following the episode one. Like you know, just as a question for people, like think about how many masters you own, and people are like, well. We're counting duplicates or we're counting ones in the box. And I'm like, wow, I don't have any masters in boxes. Like, everything's assembled and on bases. It might not all be yeah, painted. Right? Was, that's the thing that always blows my mind. Like, when that's I look at it, like having stuff in boxes. I mean, I get it. People buy lots of stuff and have lots of stuff they – and, you know, not having children or a wife, I have a lot more free time to hobby, I guess, too. So that helps. But, that's a good point. Uh, I remember yeah, – so. I remember seeing the unassembled shelf from – I think it was Sean – Overton, the yeah. guy Adepticon, uh, on the weird, weird mm-hmm. place. I'm like, I, he owns more things in boxes and unassembled than I own. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, painted and assembled. And it's like, how, how? He, he owns more, yeah. than, more unassembled than I do at all. Like, painted, yeah, exactly. unassembled, whatever. Uh, I, I just, like, I, I feel like my biggest problem is I get to the point where I get them home, I get them out of their box, I put them on bases, and then I put them in a foam case and forget about them. Like, my problem yeah, is getting them from built to painted. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those ones where I'm for sure going to be buying some boxes and upgrading to plastic. I've already been looking at some just because my metal models are, you know, I, when I first started, I'd never played miniatures or assembled them before, so I didn't know about like things like pinning and stuff so they're starting to lose parts and it's like i could really use a nicotine box you know with some yeah. nice plastic punks on I, and there's the littlest part of me that wants to buy a seamus box not because i want to play a seamus but because it's like if i'm going to get bells i might as well have sybil oh yeah no if you're going to play molly you're going to want the seamus box yeah it's exactly like you want symbol like you you might not play her in every game but she's really good in there and you're gonna want the rotten bells anyway so what i may do is play as rotten bells until until what time i am allowed to purchase again or who knows maybe my uh maybe my um holiday buddy on the uh weird holiday exchange will get me a shameless or a rotten bell box or whatever you know or rotten bell box that's also fine but yeah I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of don't want to get the Rotten Bell box because I feel like, like I, I considered buying the Rotten Bell box. And then I was like, well, but then I've got bought bells. I don't have Sybil. I'd want Sybil eventually. I'd have six bells at that point in time. I don't want to do a bell spam list. 
Or you could get the old metal Sybil. <laughs> I don't like either of the Sybils. She's one of the models I would want to um, proxy. Speaking of, if I got Jacob Lynch, I would want to proxy a, um, a Hungering Darkness relatively quickly. Yeah. Definitely. That is not a pretty model. So maybe next time we can we can go a little more in depth with this idea of the three uh, three or nine nine masters four factions quandary. Yeah, because I had a few I had a few lists that sounded that looks pretty good. A couple of them I were like, um, and then I'll take Lucius, but not because I want to play Lucius, because I want to bridge between Guild and Neverborn. And I was like, I can do better. I can do better. Um, so yeah, that was. And then maybe we can also talk about what we're thinking about for our um, our contest entries. Right. Yeah, I should do that. At Cheated Fates Radio, right? At Cheated Fate Radio. Yeah, they got their they got their triple handle back. So. Yeah. So they're doing a contest, and just the the prize for that is a Kaladi box. So. Yeah. That's why I want to win it, so I can have Kaladi. If I win it, I'll have him ship it to you because I've already got a Kaladi painted. Joe would love that because then he won't actually have to ship it. He could just save him shipping money. It's funny because it's like the the things that he might give out as prizes are Kaladi, which I've already got and painted, uh, Metal Victorias, which I uh, traded off for that Kaladi and then bought the plastics, and Marcus, the one Arcanist master that I really don't care to want to play at all. Plus, it's the Marcus I don't like. I would want if I if I were to play Marcus, I would want Alt Sculpt Marcus. Yeah, they um, are the old, they are the old metal crew boxes. So, uh, and uh, I would want the, the creatures from the new set. So it's like yeah, no other prizes are things I want, but at the same time, I do want to play because it's a fun game. Yeah, and prizes are fun, even prizes if you don't want them. You can also use them. Yeah, exactly. You can use them later. Anyway, yeah, no, that's going to be fun. I think the deadline's early December, so. Yeah, it's the December the 11th. I listened to the podcast today. Ah, okay. I haven't. I listened to it when it came out. A couple yeah. Of, I think it was a good half ago almost now, probably. Yeah, my buddy Mason was in town, like I said, so I had someone to talk to and chat with while I was on the bus instead of listening to podcasts. Cool. Alright. Anything else? Any plans? Um, no. Other than I'm, that, I'm currently in progress painting uh, Victoria of Ash, Victoria of Blood, and uh, Victoria's of Slaughter uh, Avatar for the A Weird Place painting contest for November. Um, so that's what I've been up to craft-wise. Yeah. Hobby. What was what was the old hag that uh? That Adam and Joe used to do. I I don't remember. It was, it was hobby something games. Mm, I can't remember what the A was. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no matter. We'll have to ask. I'll have to ask Joe. <laughs> you should, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I'm I'm probably going to try and get out there Wednesday and hopefully get maybe a Vassal game in. I might try and set up a game with our buddy Miles, too, because I think he actually have some time off. He's in grad school, so he's very busy. But uh, I might be able to, I'm, I'm trying to set one up for a while. Well, 
Not very much. He's very, like I said, he's in grad school. He wants to be playing, but is it? Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to try and get a hold of him and set something up. I mean, I tried to, every time we went out to Flatlands, I tried to make him come with. And it was just like too busy or too apathetic that day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I I feel for him. Like, I did not want to, I don't think I started doing regular Malifaux trips until the year after I was out of grad school, also. I just didn't have time. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, I guess we'll, uh, I should say what our Twitter handle is. It's at MWM Podcast. Currently have 15 followers, so we should hopefully get a few more. Yeah. And the email is Rudy. Also, it's MWM at, uh, MWM Podcast at gmail.com. Alright, and do you check that or? I have been. I had been. <laughs> <Not> cool. <laughs> okay. I doubt we got any emails, but just in case. Uh, let me go ahead and check that right now, actually. Really uh, we got one awesome from, I actually did get one from Joe. Oh, really? Yeah. I should read it on air. Oh my god. Except we're probably way over our limit of time. <laughs> this might be a lower audio quality episode. <laughs> I mean, Either that, or I'm gonna have to drop some more money so we can just do unlimited. You know, it is a lot more money. It's, it's a ton more, yeah. Uh, it's not. It's like fifty dollars more or something. It's like. Uh. He says, uh, first off, great to see you two take the plunge into the wonderful, wacky world of podcasting for a game you love. You guys have taken your first steps in, into a larger world. Okay, now for the fun feedback part. Uh, your sound quality was very good. You both have uh, great radio quality. Basically, I enjoy listening to you talk about uh, talk, and that's exceedingly important for a podcast. Normally, that's the hardest bit, and you've already got that part down. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, a plus on the banter. Well, I mean, we're good friends to begin with, so we've always had decent banter. Uh, uh, I think that you have both in the name uh, of the cast and embracing it even in the introduction. Mistakes are always made is a great name that brands well and tells people about what you're about right away. Be true to your vision, and then I'm sure you two will go far. Leverage the community. Uh, we already did that a little bit. I mean, Tudor Fates Radio totally did that a couple times uh, in their in their most recent cast, which was great. Uh, record as, and post as regularly as possible. We're, we're starting with a two-week schedule just because um, I feel like if we do updates every week, we're going to have very short podcasts, and we're going to end up eating up a lot of our space online. Uh, so for now, two weeks sounds pretty doable and yeah. also uh, will give us enough to actually record. Uh, yeah. Keep it fun. It's an extension of what you love doing. Don't let it become a chore. Uh, that's all. And this is all very good advice. Yeah. Cool. I, I can forward it on to you or I can just give you the password to the account so you can check it also. I, I, already, I already have the password, right? Because I don't oh, pay for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thing. But yeah, no, it's uh, that's great. Thank you, Joe. And pod game, I guess we can change the style of our website, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's uh, this week, I guess, or this two weeks. So. Yeah. Do we have a sign-off last week, or are we still waiting for one? We're still waiting for one. Right. Well, we're going to have to figure that out at some point in time. 
Episode three, look forward to it, right? <laughs> now we have a deadline. Yeah, I think our final should be one of the Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs>